1: In my new book, With Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast.
2: This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Jonathan Hung, co-managing partner of Unicorn Venture Partners. He's worked with companies like Amazon, Burlington, and Costco made investments in startups like Miso Robotics, and has worked at Morgan Stanley, UBS, and Cummins. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you, Seth, for having me.
2: You've had an incredible career journey. How did you get started?
1: Um, Really, it was just, uh, I think like it's, how I went through my educational course, you know, like I tell people, it's weird. Like I tell people, I like, go collect brains. I don't think I'm the smartest. I just know I need to go. I'm smart enough to find really good talent and work with really good people. No one does it by himself. So, how I got started was, hey, I went to USC for undergrad, uh, did a business degree there. Right away, went to London School of Economics after graduate aging in 2005 to get my master's in international relations uh, from London School of Economics. Came back worked in finance you know i was there when it was the great recession I and mean, really in the beginning and i just remember how the stock market dropped and just like i learned so much i mean the joke is like hey if you're under the age of 34 you don't know what it's like to invest in a bear market and i think we're in the bear market uh, territory now you know we, we're gonna see a recession come and now we're gonna find out who's really good and from there you know, I was able to learn a lot about finance. Then I also learned, like, it wasn't just everything I wanted to do. I wanted to understand the operation side of a business. I went to MIT, went to get my master's engineering supply chain, was able to do that and go work for China and work for Cummins in, in Shanghai, China. And there, uh, for better or worse, I had to come back home and take over for my family's business because my father got sick. He had end-stage renal failure. And I took over the clothing company. You know, we did... Tremendous amount of business uh, manufacturing in throughout China from Shanghai to Dandong to, you know, oh, gosh, like Nantong making clothes for Amazon, Costco and Bernico factory. It it was the longest shop I've ever had right now. Instead of doing clothing, that business is more of a family office now in terms of investing. And that was my second really passion was investing. And that's why I went to Wharton to get my MBA, because I knew I was going to do a little bit of a career change. And so that's where I come. And, you know, for last since 2012, been an angel investor, been a venture capitalist and excited to keep going.
2: That OK, so that is absolutely incredible. I'm not sure how you had time to have so many careers with yeah. all of the time you spent at elite top level, you know, educational institutions. How did um, Unicorn Venture Partners come about?
1: Uh, it came about because I went to Warden. Uh, funny enough, and also because one of my best friends I've known since he was, uh, geez, 21, I was 24, Philip Serafin. You know, in 2018, after graduating, I, I knew that like, hey, I have my contract manufacturing business, that's going to slow down. And right now, let me start something new with a couple of really close friends. We started Unicorn 2018. We didn't take out any really outside money. It was really three partners. And we put it together about five and a half million dollar fund and to see and build a track record together. Uh, I'm happy to say that, you know, we did a pretty good job so far, you know, hey, we're going to that, you know, recession, like I said, we'll see. But right now we're up almost like five times our money and, you know, looking to grow from there. Unicorn, you know, was a smaller fund from a pre-seed to series A. Philip started his own Truesdale Ventures with his, which is his basically Evergreen Family Office fund, and that's a much bigger fund. You know, in the last eighteen to twenty-four months, probably four hundred million dollars has gone out the door in investing, and it's made me see really deals from pre-seed all the way to pre-IPO, writing anywhere where we looked at check sizes from fifty thousand to up to twenty million, or before we were mostly like you know maybe twenty-five to half a million.
2: That is an absolutely incredible journey. I am sure the longer version should be in a book somewhere if it isn't already.
1: Uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I I think about that and like you already have the case, I already have the title of my book picked out. You know, so I always like to tell people this so people can't choose it in case of emergency. Because I think that like not only just in in life, like you want to have your be that person's emergency contact really for your businesses, you know, and your partners. It's like, hey, it's not just good news. It's also bad news that you have to deal with. And when times are tough, I hope I'm that first phone call.
2: Absolutely incredible. So what makes a good investment for you? What are you looking for? What gets your attention?
1: For me, I mean, it depends like where my hat is, you know, Uh, at the same time, like, look, I'm a founder right now. I'm doing the journey of trying to raise money, trying to get revenue going from zero to one, you know, it's different where when I was working, you know, for my family business, my dad set everything up. You know, I just had to make sure the levers and the buttons were pushed correctly and we could land that plane softly. You know, right now I'm trying to build a plane and see if it could fly. And for me, what's really interesting is that, it's different things when you look at it from an investor side versus a founder side from an investor side, I always look for the team because I'm really early. I don't, the idea of growing from like 3 million to 9 million, I don't think it's necessarily easy, but I think it's easier than going from zero revenue to a hundred K because you see how much it takes. You know, I I have this weird stat in my mind where it's like, you know, you don't even know what you have until you raise and spent at least a million bucks. To grow a business like i mean i think it's a small percentage it could be even less than three percent but i've heard sometimes like for a company to get to like 10 million revenue is very like it's it could be like less than three percent chance and like when you think about the people and the companies who exit, like you got to get to that certain velocity, whether you're a consumer goods or whether you're a B2B SaaS company. And even now, when you see crypto and NFTs and all that, that's a whole new world. We're learning to see what is, you know, the right exit opportunity for an investor. And then from the founder's perspective, it's really like, wow, it's just you're going to get so many no's before you get a yes. And how you take that every day and how you keep building and growing upon each other and having the right team is so important and critical.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Are there uh, particular industries that you like investing in better?
1: You know, for me, I have, I don't want to say necessarily a knack, but I just have been more exposed to CPG you know, I love other businesses, you know, that we invest in. Like, look, I was able to get into Coinbase. You know, I was get, able to get into uh, robotics. Like, one of some of my best investments are in robotics, whether it's Miso Robotics or Blair Flag Robotics. And I'm not a, you know, PhD robotics from Caltech, but I invest in PhD robotics from Caltech. I was able to get MIT and I found like, wow, it was just a great business idea. But then when I look at CPG, it's a it's a steady path. Like, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's not like becoming a lawyer or doctor where you know where you have to go step-by-step the programs you're supposed to do. And like, hey, one day you graduate, one day you become a professional. Really, from my perspective, CPT is like, okay, you have a product. You have to go sell it, whether it's direct to consumer, whether you go find you know a traditional retailer. You know the steps you need to get in certain in revenue. You don't know how you're going to get there. It's not the A to B or A to Z. It's like you go up, down, turn around. You know I'm going through that now with some of my portfolio companies where, hey, they might have raised ten million dollars, but they haven't been able to achieve even five million in sales. So what are we doing right or wrong? We have to figure that out and fix it.
2: Absolutely. So you've been and are on both sides of the table. You've been the founder trying to raise money and you've been the venture capitalist trying to invest. What lessons did you learn from playing both sides of the table?
1: Uh, You know, as as an investor, it really is about finding the right team. And the individuals you want to put in money. Like, like I said, I don't do growth stage, you know, investing for venture capital or private equity. I'm really early. Like I'm betting on the person and the team initially. And it could be less than a couple of people, just two co-founders figuring it out. And you know, it sounds like a great idea. You know, and then how can I help them get there? How can I achieve them? I tell people, like, I'm your high school counselor, I'm just trying to get you to college. I can't guarantee you're gonna go to college and pass and like you know, get a good job after but I'm trying to get you to that point where you can raise your series A money and you have product market fit. Like, you know, just like a college counselor, you have an idea that you wanna be a doctor or you wanna be, you know, a financial, you know, business person, or you wanna be a writer, et cetera. Like that's what I try to get to. And I look at the person and see what he or she makes sense. You know, and you tell them like, listen, it doesn't make sense. Like this is the pattern recognition that I've gone through over the last 10 years of doing this, that I could teach you and let you know. And then from the founder perspective, I can say like, I don't want to call bullshit, but I can call bullshit on people. Cause like, you see that it's like, no, well like I'm not achieving that, you know? So how can someone else be achieving that? And then also I can learn from others. Like, well, okay, that's one way of doing it, but then maybe we should go over somewhere else where like other people aren't looking at, you know, it's like the innovators dilemma that Clayton Christensen wrote about, we're like, oh, we should focus on that. Because like, if I was to start another social media company, I mean, the goalpost is like, you know, 100 yards farther away. Let me find something, a shorter kick. And I could like score.
2: That makes a lot of sense. With all that you've, I mean, how do you juggle growing your own company and investing in helping your portfolio, your fund companies grow as well?
1: Well, you know, the one thing, you know, where I'm a little lucky is, is that I have a great support system. You know, um, unfortunately, my father did pass away almost seven years ago, but he gave me a great opportunity to, you know, trust the people I had, he built a great team, you know, my mother's been very helpful. You know, I, I give credit to people who can work and go to school and have kids, you know, I, I still have, have kids yet. So it gives me more time you know, to focus on these things. But, you know, right now I'm engaged and I'm excited to start, you know, the next chapter of my life. I'm turning 40 years old at the end of the year, December 29th. And to me, it's like, it's halftime, you know, hopefully it's like, you know, not like get to 80 and that's it. But like, you go as long as you can, but I see my life, you know, divided into quarters, you know, zero to 20, you're just a kid trying to figure things out. 21 to 40, you're trying to find what you're good at you know and then when you go from 41 to 60 the third quarter like you can you know what you're doing you know what makes you excited you're not just doing anything for free you know you're not doing internships anymore it's not just doing it for the experience and like oh this is my career and then the best part is like once you go through that phase 60 and higher the fourth quarter that's probably when you're gonna make the most money because like you have all the experience unfortunately for or fortunately for us unlike athletes like You know, when you hit 40, it's over, unless you're Tom Brady. But at the, but really, when you hit 40, you're just beginning. And then you're going to know exactly what to do. Someone like a Warren Buffett, you know, hey, now you know exactly better and make even more money and be even more successful and helpful to people.
2: Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're
1: doing? That every day is different, you know, and sometimes you are putting out fires, but sometimes, you know, it's just great seeing hey the progress of really great companies like whether they're exiting or just achieving you just find that success like people think it's easy think it's like an overnight success it's not you know and you see the excitement of somebody and that's what makes me happy it's not just like oh i I got a certain dollar amount at the end of the day but i was able to help somebody and those are the relationships you build and then you help build the next generation you know or the next founder and help them grow to that next level like i said like it's almost like being a high school counselor right i mean okay just because you helped this class graduate and move forward hey you got a new batch of people you know who are ready and willing to live and learn with you um i love doing you know necessary i want to call it community service but giving back you know I, I went to mit so i helped with delta v there whether it's a uh, wharton and people hit me up on linkedin or you know send me random emails like hey Let's see what I can do and help. You know, I only know what I'm good at. And if I don't, I'll be all open and honest.
2: That's awesome. For our folks watching or listening who want to learn more about you and Unicorn, where is the best place for them to go?
1: Best place would be go to my website, jonathanhung.com. I was very lucky to get get it one day and I got a GoDaddy message. I'm like, let's do it. You know, and also LinkedIn, you know, Jonathan Hung. Hey, shoot me a message, you know, uh, I I try to read everything. And if not, I have a great marketing team that pushes great, you know, they kind of screen things for me. And I'm building my next chapter and, and thing right now. I'm potentially working with a new fund with some great new partners now that have a little bit more focus on what I've learned over the last, you know, 10 years of my career. And I think it's going to be different than what I did for the first, you know, 10 <laughs>
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We graci- great, gratefully appreciate you spending some of it with us. This has been Seth Green with Jonathan Hong. Jonathan, thanks again for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Seth.
2: Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done?